Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Good morning, my Everyday Truth family. Appreciate you joining us today for uh, today's episode. We are in Romans chapter 3, if you're following along. And uh, let me just say a word to all of you audio listeners. We've made a concerted effort this year to move all of our content over to YouTube. And we'd love to have you go to YouTube in your spare time and subscribe so that you'll know uh, about all the new content that we're going to be putting on here in the next week or two, next couple of weeks. And then really over the next few months, we're going to be putting hundreds of videos and books of the Bible and things that we've produced over the years. It'll have a landing place there in YouTube. Love to have you uh, check that out and hit subscribe. That would help us leave a review that would help us. But to thank you for that. We are in Romans chapter number three and verse number 19. Remember, we're talking about the sinfulness of mankind, both Jew and Gentile, that everybody is under the same indictment. And we talked specifically about the ways by which mankind's sin has been exposed in what he says and where he goes and what he does. It's really endemic to the human race, and it's systemic to every single person. We are sinners. And watch verse number 19, where the Bible says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith. So now we're back to the Old Testament law. We've just quoted any number of verses to demonstrate man's sinfulness in verses 10 through 18. And we know that whatever the law says, verse number 19, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Now, that is a very important verse because it's a verse of purpose, and it helps us to understand the purpose of the law. We've said this before, but I want to reiterate it right now, and that is the law of God was never intended to be a means of salvation. Please know that. This whole concept that somehow, well, people in the Old Testament were saved by works and people in the New Testament are saved by grace. Nothing can be farther from the truth. Man has never been saved by his works. The giving of the law, the purpose of the law was never to save people. Uh, The law demonstrates the impossibility of salvation by works because it condemns, it indicts man. It shows him that he needs to put faith in something other than himself. Why? Because he is utterly untrustworthy. So the purpose of the law is to shut the mouth of man. Man says, well, I'm good. The law says, no, you're not. A man says, well, I'm righteous. The law says, no, you're not. The, 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 a man says, I, I'm, I, I'm a pretty good person. The law says, no, you're not. That every mouth may be stopped and that all the world may become guilty before God. Now, is God's purpose to demonstrate man's guilt? Is that the sum total of God's purpose? 
that God just wants to show us just how bad we are and throw that in our face and you're just evil and wicked and 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 worthless and all the adjectives we've used is that the purpose of God of course not no the purpose of God is to save us from ourselves from our sin from the bondage of Satan from the penalty that sin will bring that's God's purpose but in order for us to recognize our need for salvation in order for us to recognize uh, the righteousness of God that can be ours by faith we've got to recognize our own unrighteousness We've got to recognize that we need the salvation that God provides through Christ. And that's where we are in our, in our study. Because look at verse number 20. Therefore, so therefore is always a word of conclusion. And let me give you information based upon. So therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. God will never declare somebody to be righteous. That's what justification is. God will never declare someone to be righteous based upon what they've done. Nope. By the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Now, now we can be justified in the, in the eyes of others. And James even goes down that road in James chapter 2. Yeah, I, I can be justified in your sight. By things I do, and I can validate my testimony in front of you, but there is no declaration of the kind of righteousness that God expects. There's no declaration of righteousness based upon my works in the sight of God. Why? Because God knows all my works, and many of them are not good. And He knows all my works, and all of them are tainted with my sinfulness. So nobody is justified in the sight of God by His feigned keeping of the law. Now look at verse number 20. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. If you want an extended understanding of this, do a deep dive in Galatians chapter 3, and you'll realize that the law was given for the purpose of making sin to be more exceeding sinful, that, that sin would be placed in large font, that people would see it. It would be a much more crystal clear mirror of what mankind essentially is. So the law gives us an increased knowledge of and understanding of our own sin. Now, verse number 21, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. So this is the great pivot. Okay. Verse number 21 is the great pivot. Does it seem to you that over the last couple of days, we've been on some negative topics? <laughs> yes, because we're talking about man's sinfulness and the sinfulness of all men and the kind of sins that we commit. And Well, the more we concentrate on ourselves, the more we concentrate on our own behavior, the more depressed we're going to get. Why? Because we ultimately fail. But the great pivot here in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 21 is there is a righteousness of God that's available outside of the law. Now, the law of God certainly does reveal the righteousness of God. We look at the law of God, we look at the word of God, 
What is it? It's a reflection of the righteous character of God. You want to know more about God's character, more about God's righteousness, more about the things that God loves and things that God hates, the things that God expects, the thing that God, things that God uh, curses. I mean, then study the law. The law is a great study, and what a great privilege the Jews had to have this accurate picture of God's righteousness. But here in verse 21, Paul said, but there is a righteousness available to you out, outside the law. Now, the law is a means of righteousness for you as a, as, a, as a person if you could keep it. But what have we learned? We've learned that nobody can keep it. So instead of that law being a means of righteousness, it's really a picture of our unrighteousness. And yet the good news is the righteousness of God without the law is revealed. Now we're going back to Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Paul's not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth for therein. And the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. So God's going to reveal his righteousness, not just in the law now, but in another way. Look at it. Verse number 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, made known, being witnessed by the law of the prophets. So what that means is what I'm about to say, said the Apostle Paul, that the righteousness of God about which I'm about to speak uh, outside the law, this is something that the law and the prophets, that's a fancy way of saying the Old Testament, this is something that is completely consistent with what the law and the prophets have taught. So it's not that the law of God is a bad thing. No, the law of God's a good thing because the law of God works in concert with our understanding of the gospel because without the law, we wouldn't understand our sinfulness. And without understanding our sinfulness, we wouldn't understand our need for a righteousness that is available to us outside of the law. Okay, so, and then the apostle Paul said, and the law and the prophets, the Old Testament has testified to this righteousness has made it known. I think that's what the apostle, not the apostle, but I think so what Jesus was telling us in John chapter five and verse 39, when he said, um, he said the, the um, how did he say that? I quote this verse all the time. He said, um, oh my, I'm having a, a brain freeze right now. He said, search the scriptures. There we go. For in them, Ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So Jesus said, the Old Testament scriptures really told my story, the story about my coming, the story about the fact that I would be the righteousness of God revealed. In fact, later in that same chapter in John 5, Jesus said to that council of religious elders, he said to them, he said, yeah, you put your stock in Moses, but Moses, Moses, that means the first five books of the Bible. Moses often served as a metonymy of what he wrote, the first five, the Torah. And what Jesus said was, yeah, you put your confidence in Moses, but Moses actually spoke of me. And that's what Paul's saying here. He's saying that the righteousness of God in Christ was testified in the law and the prophets. You say, well, where? All throughout the Old Testament. The story of the Old Testament, the story of the Bible is the story about Jesus, God's redemptive plan, but all throughout the Bible. Whether you look at Exodus, uh, that the Passover lamb, that's Jesus. 
You look at Genesis, uh, the seed of woman, that's Jesus. You look at Leviticus and the high priest and the sacrifice and the mercy seat, that's Jesus. And you can go throughout the whole Bible. Joshua, the captain of our salvation, that's Jesus. And so uh, Isaiah chapter uh, 53, uh, the the lamb uh, uh, taken at going to the slaughter, that's Jesus. And so regardless of where you look, the law and the prophets testify of the righteousness that is found in the incarnate Christ, God in the flesh, Jesus, the Messiah. Look at verse number 22. So here's the righteousness of God that's revealed now. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. So I can have the righteousness of God by investing faith in Jesus Christ. And that righteousness, just like sin has invaded everybody, so righteousness is available to everybody. And it's available in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he met the righteous demands of the law. He didn't come to abrogate the law. He came to fulfill it, and he did. And he never sinned. He never violated it. He kept the righteous demands. He reflected the righteous character of God. He is God, the God-man. And so Jesus dying upon the cross in our place, when we put our faith and trust in the fact that he paid the price of our sin for us, then we can have a righteousness, not through our law keeping. No, this is the righteousness of God without the law, because it's Jesus who kept that law that offers us his very own earned righteousness. Now, that might be a little bit confusing to some of you. I think that's just good news for most of us that understand that principle. But tomorrow, next episode, we are going to explore this because that's what the next few verses do. Some of the richest verses in all the Bible are the verses we'll talk about next episode. Don't miss it. I'll see you there. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.